This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. In this Real Estate News Brief for the week ending April 8th of 2023, reports show a slowly weakening job market, what could be a great year for single-family rentals, and a list of the top metros for home value growth and stability. I'm Kathy Fedke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. We begin with economic news from this past week, and although the job market remains strong, the latest report shows it is softening. For the week of March 25th, jobless claims hit 228,000. It's the ninth week in a row that they've topped 200,000. They had bottomed out last fall when they dropped to a 53-year low of 182,000. And those jobless claims continued around the 200,000 level for several months but have been slowly rising since February. Government revisions also show that claims during the first part of the year were higher than previously reported. MarketWatch economists say that's probably due to corporate layoffs that are just now showing up in the jobless data. Job openings are also declining. They fell to a 20-month low in February, which is another sign that the job market is softening. Listings dropped from 10.6 million in January to 9.9 million in February. Openings are now down to 1.7 openings for each unemployed worker. They were at 1.9 openings for each unemployed worker previously. Bill Adams of Comerica told MarketWatch, The labor market is still very hot, but the big drop in job openings is a sign that the labor market is cooling in general. And that's what the Federal Reserve wants to see. But a third report on job growth shows that U.S. companies added 236,000 new jobs in March. That's actually a sign of strength and resiliency, and probably not what the Fed wants to hear right now as they fight inflation. Those new jobs helped lower the unemployment rate from 3.6 to 3.5%. Wage growth was slower, though. It came in from 4.6 in February to 4.2% in March. But remember, we live in opposite world right now, where good economic news is actually bad news because it could mean the Fed will keep hiking rates to slow down the economy. A report on construction spending shows it was down slightly in February. The Commerce Department says it fell 0.1% to $1.844 trillion. Single-family construction spending was down 1.8%, while multifamily spending was up 1.4%. Year-over-year, multifamily is up 22.2%, and single-family is up 21.4%. Mortgage rates dipped slightly again this past week, Freddie Mac says the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was down 4 basis points to 6.28%. The 15-year was down 8 points to 5.64%. And in other news-making headlines, some parts of the housing market may be in for a rough ride this year, but the single-family rental market is not one of them. A new report from Adam projected single-family rental yields for 212 counties with a population of at least 100,000. Rental yields are calculated by dividing the annualized gross rent by the purchase price. According to Adam, rentals in those 212 counties will see a 7.5% yield this year. That's up from 6.7% last year. Adam says that SFR rents are growing in over 90 of the counties analyzed, so those counties will be the most desirable. Three of the top five counties for the biggest upside in rent yields are in Florida, of course including counties for Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach. California's Orange and Santa Clara counties are the other two. 
There's a lot of data in this report, so it's worth digging deeper if you're deciding where to buy rental property this year. You'll find a link to the report in our show notes at newsforinvestors.com. Another report on the U.S. housing market lists the top 20 cities for growth and stability, and 12 of them are in Texas. The Smart Asset Study compared home value data for 400 metros between 1998 and 2022. It then calculated the growth rate from that data. The Austin, Texas area was in the number one spot for growth and stability, followed by Midland, Texas, in the western part of the state. Boulder and Fort Collins, Colorado, took the third and fourth spots. The Kennewick-Richland part of Washington State was fifth. Rapid City, South Dakota, took the sixth position. And then it's back to Texas, with the Odessa area in West Texas as seventh, and the Dallas area as eighth. San Antonio was in the ninth spot, and Houston right after that. Texas also dominated the next ten top cities as well with six more metros showing the strongest growth and stability. The report also shows the worst cities for growth and stability, with Flint, Michigan topping that list. I won't list those cities, but you'll find a link in the report in our show notes, again, at newsforinvestors.com. Now, there's been a big question as to whether commercial real estate will go belly up. And while there's been a lot of concern about commercial real estate imploding because of maturing debt, and the inability to refinance at higher interest rates, CNBC published a story with the title, quote, The Coming Commercial Real Estate Crash That May Never Happen, unquote. This story argues that only a quarter of office building loans will need to be refinanced this year. Well, a quarter of all office buildings sounds like a lot to me. CNBC also reports that industrial, retail, and hotels are on solid ground. And Kevin Fagan of Moody's Analytics says, There likely will be issues, but it's more of a typical down cycle. Well, whether you call it a typical down cycle or a rare one, losing money is never good for investors and is usually a result of aggressive underwriting in a bull market. According to The Real Deal, distress has started to rear its ugly head in the Houston market. Arbor Realty Trust just foreclosed last week on four low-income multifamily properties in Houston, valued at $229 million. The portfolio includes Heights at Post Oak, Redford Apartments, the Reserve at Westwood, and Timber Ridge Apartments, all of which were purchased just recently between August of 2021 and April of 2022. The Real Deal says Arbor's foreclosure is indicative of the current state of the market, where higher interest rates, regional banking turmoil, and slowing rent growth continue to negatively impact multifamily operators. Investors decreased their purchase of apartment buildings by about $40 billion in the first quarter of 2023, representing a whopping 74% decline in sales compared to last year at this time. That's according to CoStar. Well, that's it for today. Check the show notes for links at newsforinvestors.com. And if you want to find out more about our single-family rental fund, just go to growdevelopments.com. We're still accepting investors and are very excited about the kind of opportunities we're seeing. Again, that's growdevelopments.com. I'm Kathy Fedke. Thanks for joining me here at Real Estate News for Investors. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to newsforinvestors.com.